Welcome back to the On Life Podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking about personality tests at church. And I don't know about you, Patty, but this has been something that I hear about all over Liberty's campus. People are always talking about the Enneagram and... Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. DISC. And I guess um, something that we were talking about internally here was, um, you know, how much value do they bring? Where does that line up with maybe how we are, you know, spiritually approaching relationships? Are we just kind of using these as a way to like a cheat code for people, <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of questions that we've been talking about. And so uh, we thought it'd be a really cool topic to talk about with our online students. What do you think? Yeah, I'm really excited. I've heard of um, churches doing like entire sermon series, wow. like Bible studies on the Enneagram in particular, but well, I've always um, won. I never went to one, but I'm always curious, like, yeah. is that a Bible study or is that like a concept study and you like mm-hmm. kind of tack scripture on? So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to preface this by saying I am the skeptic in the room. So I know Marissa is pumped about this. I know you're excited about this. I'm one of those people that's like, they ask me what my Enneagram is. I'm like, I'm a 10. So <laughs> booyah. And uh, that's about all I know. It's going to so, be very hard for me to not talk about what I am this episode because yeah. that's not the point. But yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> well, I will uh, be interested to learn more about it. Maybe I'll leave this conversation uh, caring more about what my Enneagram is. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. God, God's a miracle worker, <laughs> you know? All right. Marissa, our producer. How are yeah. you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brian? You know, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to hear who our guest is today. Who do we have? Today, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. We have Dr. Lahi Kynan. He was my professor during undergrad in my psychology degree. He taught my abnormal psychology class and my assessments class, which is what I've kind of gone into at this point, really focusing on. So thanks for that, Dr. L. You're welcome. (laughs) So I'm very excited to have him. And he is a licensed psychologist as well. And he is going to talk a little bit about personality tests in the church, the pros and the cons, the focus points, and the weaknesses. So I'm really excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. It was my pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad we have an expert here because we often talk about what we see on Instagram or reading a book. And like, it's cool to have somebody here that actually really knows this stuff that can set us straight. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a heavy, that's a heavy burden, I think. So. Don't no carry pressure. it all on your shoulders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess the first question we have, we, we kind of touched on a little bit um, earlier, but what sorts of personality tests are we seeing more and more in the church today? Wow. So you've, you've identified perhaps two of the the top tests that I end up hearing about inside the church and, and outside and in the larger Christian community, and that is the uh, Enneagram, which was not really birthed out of psychology. So in my training and experience, I actually have little knowledge about the construction and practical use of the instrument and really started learning about it as I came to Liberty. And my students would start using (laughs) the numbers and types, (laughs) and I would be like, what are you talking about? Um, But in addition to that, we see the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator has been around for a long time. And although there's some controversy about its origins and how it's been used, and even critiques by psychologists, um, that certainly seems to be one of the more popular ones. And it's well, well well-researched. Um, And then other tests such as the DISC, which was mentioned, um, the five-factor model, 
um, is also a, a prominent one. And then there are some others like Strengths Finder. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you know marriage preparation, premarital ca- counseling, you hear about like Symbus and Preparing yeah. Rich, which are yeah, we did that. Yeah, total kind of programs. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to get facilitated in that. I'm doing it with a couple right now for my oh, program. Cool. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah, exciting. In use. <laughs> so those are some of the major ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would you say is the the pro or the value of any one of those? But maybe let's focus on the top two of Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk generally about tests and personality tests um, as a larger kind of category before getting into maybe some of the usefulness um, of the individual tests themselves. But certainly any the, the goal of personality tests is to help us increase our level of self-understanding. And so, you know, what are my preferences? What are my tendencies? How do I see the world? How do I prefer to interact with the world around me? And so anything that we can do to increase that from a psychological perspective is always very valuable. I can adjust my gaps, my weaknesses. Um, And then in addition to that, in relationship with others, how can I better understand them, their strengths, their weaknesses? Um, I'm always talking about with my students, uh, you know, how many of you have roommates that get under your skin and you can't stand the way they do things? They don't do things like I do. So a test like the Myers-Briggs or even the Enneagram can help us understand how others prefer Mm. to interact with others or engage their environment. And in doing so, it just increases maybe compassion, certainly understanding. Well, that's the why they prefer to do things differently than I do. So those are some of the helpful points uh, of these instruments, you know, increasing communication, increasing understanding, both of self and others. Do you use any of these in your classes or are they kind of like a kind of like what's the word? Off, off screen, Taboo. so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I use the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator in particular. I use it as an example because it's really easy to use. Um, the students themselves do not have to take the actual test, which t- you know costs money for them to take. So they can basically go through a presentation that I give them and look at the various categories and have... Ha- they get an idea of where they stand on a continuum between two bipolar places and they end up choosing. I have a bunch of handouts and information that I provide for them. And, and so they tend to like it quite a bit. Most of them have already taken it by the time they get to my class. Um, the Enneagram, on the other hand, I, I don't use and I, I don't u- know as much um, about, but again, understanding that the nine points or nine types, and then the combination of types um, in terms of uh, of strengths and wings and things like that, certainly give people a better understanding of their their preferences, their interests, and and whatnot. What do you think are maybe some cons of these tests? Like, yeah. um, I'm sure you see people maybe misusing these or things like that. Sure, sure. So th- there's always a trap, right? That with knowledge um, comes some power. And we know as, as sinful fallen people that if we're given the opportunity to misuse power, 
um, we often do if we're not intentional about it and we're not using kind of the guidelines of of God-ordained um, guardrails to kind of keep us in our lanes. Um, so when I came to, to Liberty and students started, you know, shouting out numbers, you know, well, you're a two and you're a seven, you know, <laughs> wing, whatever. And I'm, I'm probably getting the numbers all, all butchered <laughs> up here. Um, but, but seeing people as types, you know, kind of pigeonholing people, putting mm-hmm. people inside a box and preferring making choices based mm-hmm. on those, you know, the, those, those guesses of people's types or of, of even when they profess what type they are, um, you know, and, and we can therefore come to believe that we can predict how they will respond mm-hmm. to other people or in given situations. And as a clinical psychologist, one thing that we're taught very early on is we're actually not very good at predicting individual behavior. I think it's it's crazy. Like I being in that undergrad environment where the Enneagram became such a big thing, I found myself my senior year using it and I was at work one day and just like you said, I was about to make a decision. I was like, oh, threes don't do that. And I stopped myself and I went, oh my gosh, like this is not the purpose of the test. This is not what it's supposed to be. I've put myself in a box and everybody else whose number that I know in a box of what their behavior should be and is. And I was like, that's not the purpose of the test. And I think that's why it's important to talk about the cons because I found myself so easily falling into, oh, this described me so well, so I should abide by it. I had um, a friend like... Yeah, when it got popular a couple years ago, um, that their daughter was like finally of dating age. Mm. Um, and my friend forbade her daughter from dating certain numbers. Oh my gosh. No way. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and now I'm married to one of the numbers that that person was forbidden to marry. Oh, and I'm like, I love my husband <laughs> so much and I wouldn't change him. But it's, yeah, like I've definitely seen some very specific examples of abusing the categories or the boxes. Yeah, I, like I think for me, like um, identity mm. is mm. a big deal. Like where do you find your identity? This is a, you know, these are all great tools, right? You know, maybe understand yourself a little better. But if your identity is I'm a six right. and not mm. I'm a child of God, there's mm. a problem there. Mm-hmm. Snaps for Brian. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Do you think that's where some of your skepticism comes from? Uh, Maybe. I I think um, there's there's been there's been people that I've that I've bumped into that have been so over the top Mm. with it, where it's like um, mid conversation they'll they'll be like, "Well, what's your number?" Mm. And I'm like, "Are you analyzing me right now?" You know, <laughs> um, or like they're just so proud that they're a I'm just throwing numbers out here. I'm so proud that I'm a seven and mm. I'm a seven. So I do this. And um, I do think that there's a there's a real risk there in in mixing up what your identity is mm. and, and putting your identity in something that honestly is man made. Right. Mm, yeah. And man made things have flaws. I yeah. feel like the way that I would approach it is like maybe you're a seven so you do certain things Mm -hmm. i feel like it's more like a pattern or like if you were to like chart things just like people from the west coast have different like 
yeah. normal than people who grew up in Maine or Texas or Europe or Asia or Australia. You know, like there's, you might like lean a certain direction, but yeah, to your point, it's not your identity. Mm. Yeah. So as a licensed psychologist and a member of the body of Christ, what's your kind of perspective on the balance between those things of using a good tool that is founded in research like the Myers-Briggs, but also having that identity in Christ. What does that kind of look like from your perspective? Yeah, wow. Well, certainly, and and I'd be cautious. I don't want to misrepresent the Myers-Briggs. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of psychologists who have a lot of critiques of that instrument. And we start talking about things like validity, you know, how valid is an instrument, which means does it really test what it purports to test? And so if we think about what is it that the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, the 16PF, any of the tests that we've been talking about, uh, what, what is it that they're trying to capture? Mm-hmm. And so it, it ends up being a, what we call a construct. Mm-hmm. So personality is a construct. And we try to measure what that construct is. But is there something really called a personality? Mm. So again, the Imago Dei, the complexity of humanity, and, and can we really be summed up in this thing called personality? And so what we're left with, we really can't test personality. We can only test other markers, mm. other manifest markers of what personality is said to be. And so you know, we're very cautious about that, or we should be cautious and discerning. You think about the Proverbs that talk about, you know, the, uh, you know, wisdom starts with the fear of God, or that we have to be discerning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we certainly have to do that as believers in this world. But also, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. That God certainly works through non-believers. He works through concepts that do not necessarily come from um, him or his word. Um, you know, if you think about stories about you know Balaam in the the Bible, a wicked prophet, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden God uses him and He uses him to speak truth through him, even though he himself is evil. Mm-hmm. And so, some of these instruments, I, I think, have some some um, vision of what a part of the truth might be. Mm. So can we be wise? Can we be mature? Can we be discerning? Can we test it against the word of God? You know, those are the things that, that I look for as a believer yeah. in like engaging the, these things. All truth is God's truth at the end of the day because he's the creator of truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you looking for advice, leadership, and encouragement during your degree? Online Life has just the thing for you. Through our mentorship program, you can connect as a mentor or mentee to help further your education and leadership skills. For more information and application, join the online student group on the alumni community. For more information, visit our online student group at liberty.edu forward slash communities and click the mentoring tab. Welcome back to the On Life podcast. We're here with Dr. L. Is that what you called him, Marissa? Yes. Perfect. All right. So here with Dr. L talking about personality tests in the church. And you kind of introduced kind of my next question in the first little section. But would you say that Christians can use these tests in a way that also honors scripture and what God says about us as his people? That's a 
a great question and a question that is probably uh, above my pay grade. <laughs> um, but I would say this. I would say that, as Brian mentioned earlier, these can be tools. These are things that people can use when used responsibly, can help us understand ourselves, each other, the way we work together. Um, but it comes with a, a potential cost as well. If we look at some of the origins of some of the instruments, they're not coming from Christians. They're not coming from believers. And an instrument like the Enneagram has been critiqued as possibly having occult, uh, you know, mystic, uh, mystic, Gnostic origins. Mm -hmm. And so being very careful and wise and discerning, um, leaning on the leadership in the church, your elders, mentors, people who you trust and, and you know are um, going to obey God's word, that those are going to be important steps for any Christian to continue in their walk. So would you say it's appropriate for the institution of a church to use it as a tool? Because we've been talking pretty like individual, but like those sermon series about the Enneagram, is that okay? So... Uh, Unfortunately, I can't answer whether it's okay for a church. I, I wouldn't do that. I, I feel like I'm not in a position to, to do that, to question the wisdom of elders mm -hmm. of a particular church and how they use the instrument. If I was consulting with those churches, I would advise them to be very wise and discerning, mm -hmm. getting to the root of where these instruments come from, what the scientific basis is for these instruments, which is unfortunately a little bit on the weaker side in terms of validity and reliability. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I, I would hope that they would continue to kind of think through and, and, and work uh, with someone who knows the construction of the instruments to, to use them uh, effectively. What are maybe some valuable ways that we could um, use, these, use these tests? Yeah, I think in a church setting, right? Uh, you think of all the gifts that all your members have and, and how you might be able to leverage them if people understood their own strengths, their own potential limitations, and how they fit in like a mosaic into the body. Um, you know, Paul certainly talks about you know, the, the body and all its parts being valuable. Um, and I like to give the example of your, your small toe. And mm -hmm. although we don't use our small toe very often, if any of you have ever stubbed or injured your small toe, you know how important that small toe <laughs> ends up being. Yeah. So we want all members of the body to be contributing, to be working together in harmony. So there is potential for these types of instruments to foster understanding, to foster cooperation, to utilizing strengths and gifts uh, more effectively. Yeah. For the person who is kind of struggling to find their gift or feels like they don't have a gift or feels like that small toe that you don't think you need, um, how do you help them see these tests if they were to use one as kind of a door to open their vision instead of their identity? How would you address balancing that when they're first using it? Yeah, good question. So. That's why I like the Myers-Briggs and I tend to lean toward that mm. because it talks about preferences 
and tendencies versus yeah. really a type. Now it does use type language, mm -hmm. but I don't think that someone has to get locked into that. Like I am a type um, and that's all I am and this is all I'll ever be. Instead, we see people have, you know, I have a preference for interacting with my environment this way. I have mm -hmm. a preference for interacting with others mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. And so once I can understand that I have some autonomy, I have some choice over my behaviors, I'm not imprisoned or programmed to operate according to what these models say, but I can take the good from that and use it to better my life. Yeah. Um, what would you say, um, or what does scripture say about our quote unquote personality that maybe gets lost or we that doesn't come to the conversation when we rely too heavily on these personality tests? Wow, another great question. That was really good. Yeah, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta pull out the theologians for, for this one here <laughs> to get back to the Greek and Hebrew and, and pull that out. Um, so so my, my estimation of that is, is we don't necessarily have descriptions of personality in the Bible. Um, people have even tried to use the Bible um, as a way to cast types. So you're a Joshua, you're a Moses, you know, you're a you're a Paul, and and that obviously runs into to issues as well. Um, so I just think that the the overall message that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, we're complex beyond belief. That when someone becomes a believer and they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we're regenerated, and and people get transformed in ways that we could never ever imagine um, in our our old selves, our mm -hmm. our old uh, man, so to speak, in the flesh. So I think one issue with the with the personality type is. I took the Myers-Briggs for a number of years before I became a believer. Mm. And after being transformed, regenerate, and following Jesus, I'm still the same personality type, but I'm much more able to step out of my comfort zone and challenge mm. some of those preferences that I had before. So I'm an introvert, according to the Myers-Briggs, which really talks about how I, I, I get my energy, how I'm, I'm kind of stimulated to interact with my world. But let me tell you, after becoming a follower of Jesus, I'm now energized by interacting outwardly yeah, and cool. trying to share the gospel. Yeah. Something that I've kind of used these for, believe it or not, as the skeptic, I've taken the Strength Finders, the DISC, mm -hmm. the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, uh, I think that's all of them, but I've, I've done all those too. I yeah, was like, yeah, like I've taken like four, four or five of these things, and I think um, how I've used them is kind of to better understand myself. So I've, I've, I've really been against using them maybe uh, towards other people, mm -hmm. like to try to figure out other people. Like I think I mentioned cheat codes earlier, you know, <laughs> like trying to figure out like me as being like an introverted person as well. Sometimes it's like, well, what do you, how do you talk to people, and so you want to like you have that kind of temptation to go and figure out the cheat codes. But yeah. um, like I think it's been really helpful for me to kind of understand. And it's the same thing like going and talking to a counselor where sometimes they, they help you, you know, they help you come to the conclusions about yourself like, oh, yeah, I do that to myself. Or, yes, I can see how that connects to why I'm like that. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I've, I've used all these tests. I've taken them through either classes that had us take them or uh, work. Sometimes like the office will do like a team building thing and have mm -hmm. us do them. And um, I've, I've been able to kind of glean some, uh, some stuff about myself that has been helpful. Like, oh, you know what? I do uh, shy away from doing X, Y, Z. Or, you know, yeah, I, I, I can see that in myself, you know. And once, once I recognize those things about myself, okay, if there needs to be an adjustment, then, then, then let's make it. Um, but I don't, I don't uh, you know, take those, and I guess this is where the critic of, in me comes in. I don't take those and make those my identity. Sure. Um, I just like it gets to a point where it's like, yes, it's helped me understand who I am, but now I have to take that knowledge and apply it to my life in a way that's healthy. Right. My, that, go ahead, Patty. I, I keep first talking at the time. same time. <laughs> um, my team and I right now are doing um, like a series of activities on uh, values-based decision making, mm -hmm. and it's been really interesting because, like you said, you shouldn't like diagnose or assume of other people, maybe what their personality type is. But it's been really cool because the way we're doing it is like each of my team members has been able to say like, these are my top three values. And we've been able to say, how does that play out? Or what does that look like? And when you're not living into that value, like what does that look like? And how can we as your teammates bring yeah. you back to a place of health? So it's a conversation where they're in charge. So like, hey, cool, your value is compassion. Like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I support you in that? Rather than I've decided that your value is. Yeah. Mm. According, to, right. according to my calculations, <laughs> right. you should respond when I do this. Because that sounds like projection. <laughs> and then yeah. ultimately there's like unmet expectations and confusion and yeah. it just gets messy. Mm -hmm. I was also going to say the way you're talking about it, does it make you a skeptic or does it make you discerning about not using the oh. test? Ooh. Ooh. At not using the test as your identity. Are you because a psychology student? A little bit. <laughs> but that's what we've been talking yeah. about the whole episode of just don't make it your identity. Your identity is found in Christ, Imago Dei. And, but that's the whole purpose is taking the test and something else I yeah. thought of is like you find your top three and those are where your strengths are lying. Like Patty said, something that I did when I first took the Via Strength Finder years ago was my... I think my bottom rated strength was finding beauty in nature. I just like, I didn't ever like address it. And it was one of my good friend's top strengths. And I was like, really? And since then, my appreciation of beauty in nature and how it reflects God image has significantly increased because it made me so aware of it. And I was like, oh, my friend is so gifted in seeing the beauty in this. And she wasn't even a believer mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how can I as a Christian see God's character and what he's created other than just like my body? And so using it not just to be like, this is my strength and I'm going to hone in on this, but what is my yeah. weakness and how can I strengthen it? Yeah, I think you have a point there. I think maybe I'm discerning. I'm not, I'm not trying to be discerning or anything. It just, um, like for example, like when you do the ones when you're just getting ready to get married, you know, mm, yeah. the temptation was there to say to my wife, I know Mm. from this report that I got that you do X, <laughs> Y, and Z and you need to fix that. When really, that is not the point. Maybe that's why marriage counseling exists to say, no, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was like seeing my results, I was like, okay, yes, I have seen myself do that in our, in our relationship. So how can I better 
treat my wife by being cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, and so that, that that's that's how I've used them. So maybe I'm not a skeptic or a skeptic. Maybe I'm a just discerning user. My uh, my number two it. value uh, that I have discovered is balance. Mm. And I was kind of walking through our like discussion with my husband and he's like, oh yeah, well, like what have you determined your top three values are? And I said, you know, number one, number two is balance. And he went, ew. <laughs> and it's just funny, like, because he calls himself a man of extremes. And so it's interesting That's to your point, Marissa, of like, you didn't really care about what it felt like to see beauty in nature, but you had a friend or someone that you cared about. Mm -hmm. And so you had this desire to like understand yeah. that and understand them by mm -hmm. way of that. And so since that original ooh, my husband several times has been like, oh, this looks like balance. Or like, oh, I see you protecting balance. Or like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. Or like, I'm learning from you. And so I think back to what you said at the very beginning of like seeing your preference and then in relationship and in community, how do we honor those preferences um, as a way to honor the Lord ultimately as well. Yeah. For you, Dr. L, what is a way that a personality test has revealed a strength or helped grow a weakness and like kind of developed that for you personally, stepping out of the psychologist role and into like the personal role? Sure. Well, I, I mentioned the introversion piece of the Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. and that had always been something that I think stood out for me the most was understanding what it means to be introverted because I never really considered myself to be shy mm -hmm. or not interested in people. But once I understood that after I interact with a class, for example, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I joke with the class sometimes saying, you guys are all psychic vampires. You're just <laughs> sucking the life out of me. And after I get out of class, I just have to go back to my office and, and, and decompress. And understanding that that's the introverted preference that I yeah. have, that, that you know, where energy is, is drawn from. And so knowing that I have to guard my time alone, that I need those times mm -hmm. and but also understanding my wife is an extrovert mm. or extroverted has a preference for that. And so understanding there's a balance there that I, I need to care about that. I need to sacrifice in order to allow her to gain energy, mm. but then also advocate for myself before a blow up happens or a misunderstanding happens that, hey, I'm gonna go off for an hour or so up to the room and read or do something yeah. that's energizing for me. Wanting more assistance in your writing assignments? The Online Writing Center works with you to find your strengths, weaknesses, and areas of growth for your various writing needs. The Online Writing Center offers flexible hours and detailed analysis of your current writing assignments. Their peer tutors will help all students move closer to achieving their academic goals. Grow as a writer today by visiting their website at www.liberty.edu forward slash online writing center. Welcome back to the On Life Podcast. We're here with Dr. L talking about personality tests. Before we go, um, something that we've really discovered with our online student population that we deal with is the majority of the students that we deal with on our online community or through the podcast are actually psychology majors, whether they're counseling majors or um, psychology, you know, clinical psychology, all that kind of thing. So before we go, I'd love for maybe to ask you if you have any like words of encouragement or anything that you want to maybe share with these students that are maybe even going through your class. That's awesome. First of all, thank you. 
to all the psychology majors out there and and for all of the uh, all of you who are not think about becoming a psychology major <laughs> you know well our numbers are are really really good and i think psychology is a reflection of our natural interest in people mm. and no matter what your career goals are whether it be business whether it be um you know, certainly any of the human services, whether it be ministry, I think having a solid understanding of the study of human beings is its just a great uh, tool to have in your toolbox and, and very useful. Um, so I, I would encourage folks to, to, and those of you who are psychology majors, to really lean into learning about these instruments. What is the scientific basis? What is the history? Where do these instruments come from? How valid are they? How reliable are they? And those are all neat tools that you develop as a psychology major. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, at this time, we're going to play our favorite game, our <laughs> only game on the podcast. <laughs> Patty has cards. We got brand new cards as well. Oh, you can read it. Oh, I read it. Huh? Yeah. Let's see what the question is. Tell us your life story in one single sentence. Wow. I once was lost, but now I am found. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Marissa's like, you stole mine. (laughs) All right, let's see. I'm going to pick on somebody to answer the question. I just decided. Marissa. (laughs) Okay. I thought you might do that. (laughs) Tell us your life story in one sentence. Um, Resiliency through faith is a beautiful thing. Mm, Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's a wrap. (laughs) This has been the On Life Podcast. Living in abundance wherever God puts you.